heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name, the place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. So, David, I think needless to say, you were you were happy with the Apple offerings. I mean, I'm always happy with it. Like, it doesn't matter what they do. If they wanted to, you know, sell me a cup of coffee, I'm waiting on that cup of coffee. I Joe. So, yeah, it was pretty cool. You're waiting on that I Joe S. I Joe. Where is that? Where's this I job I've heard so much about? Uh, Nick, have I ever told you my Al Jefferson Apple Store story? No. So I was in the Apple Store in uh, South Park Mall getting my iPhone repaired, and what do my eyes behold? But Big Al Jefferson, waiting in line like the rest of us, putting on his pants, one leg at a time, one huge leg at a time, and he he uttered uh, the most uh, the, the wisest words I've ever ho- heard in my life to the Apple employee. He said, "Just don't give me that rose gold." <laughs> those, those were his only instructions. Didn't care. Now, you see, that's the way I want to live. I don't care about gigabytes. I don't care about processing speed. Just don't give me that rose gold. Keep things simple. <laughs> that's funny. Uh, that's a great celebrity encounter. That reminds me, I have a pertinent story involving Buzz Peterson. Um, so, uh, it, and coffee it involves coffee. He's actually a huge, huge Starbucks person because uh, I worked for him in college when he was a college coach. So we're on the road once, and, and he gives me that gold, that gold Starbucks card that's like, you know, it's got money yeah. on it and everything. And he goes, he tells me exactly what to get, one of those very complicated drinks. He goes, you know, hey, get yourself something too. And I was like, oh, sweet, you know, so. <laughs> Thanks, Buzz. Yeah. So I get his drink, but I'm not, a, I'm not a fancy, you know, coffee drinker. I just get, you know, like you I mean, I don't get just black, but I just get regular coffee, just cream, you know, whatever. So, you know, I, I run into him on, 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 he's going up on an elevator. And I run into him and I, I'm like, here you go, coach. And he goes, oh, thanks, man. He goes, what'd you get? And like, this is my, this is as like the, the doors are closing. And he's like, what'd you get? And I'm like, ah, oh, just regular coffee. And there's just like this like pause. And he's just like, really? Like, <laughs> he doesn't say that out loud, but you can tell he's just judging me for my like, basic buzz buzz what happened i thought we i I thought we had an understanding yeah and it's like i like i you know he was just it was it was in it so like the rest of the elevator ride was just like us sipping our our drinks (laughs) like like, (laughs) uh but now he's a good guy he's i'm I'm really happy he's uh he's he's landed on his feet after the disaster that was uh uncw men's basketball um uh, sounds like that elevator ride was the disaster. <laughs> like he was like, "Listen, whatever happened with this guy, that's fine. Whatever. At least I'm not in, I'm not in that elevator with that weird kid who just ordered black coffee." You are locked on Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. In a minute, cause we live. We live. This is Locked On Hornets, your daily podcast on the Charlotte Hornets and the NBA. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Search your favorite podcast app for Locked On to get podcasts on the NFL, the NBA, and fantasy sports. We are live here in the Gittimer.com studios in the heart of the Queen City 
BEA Uniful Uptown Charlotte. I'm Doug Branson, joined by my expert panel of Charlotte Hornets aficionados. We'll start on the mean streets of Cotswold, David Walker, who I think just got a new modem for the express purpose of getting some of this new fancy Apple gear just a little bit quicker. David, what's going on? Oh, man, I didn't even think about that. But if that is a benefit, then yes, of course, that's that exactly what I did. Or, or you know, I hear getting shoes is, is kind of difficult, too. So maybe it'll just give you that little bit of boost that you need to, to cop your favorite pair. That's right. That's right. You got to battle the bots. You got to get ahead of the bots, Doug. From Capital City, Raleigh, North Carolina, writer for AtTheHive.com, Nick Didding. Nick, what's going on, my man? Oh, you know, enjoying this fancy new, well, not new, but, you know, headset that i uncovered here i see this thing so Ooh. yeah this is this is good you sound good you sound crystal clear um it, it's really accentuating your baritones uh, and i i appreciate it and i think the listeners will too try to do everything i can <laughs> we've got a huge show ahead our player previews are continuing all september long uh today we are going to tackle the rookie malik monk everyone wants to know what this guy can do for the hornets we're going to let you know and Stick with us to learn about what the Hornets are out doing in the community. Charlotte is a growing city. It's a burgeoning city, and it can use all the help it can get. And the Charlotte Hornets are out there doing that. I'll have Betsy Mack in on the show. She is the director of the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. She'll be in uh, to tell us all about Swarm to Serve and uh, what you can do to help. But first, got to talk about some uniforms. we got an announcement from the team uh, yesterday that the Hornets will be unveiling another uniform in their set. This would be uniform number three out of a confirmed four sets, but an all but confirmed five sets. Uh, Real quick, David, what do you expect this one? I don't want to go Hamlet on you or anything, but what do you expect this one to be or not to be? Oh, okay. I think this is going to be your purple jersey. <laughs> okay, Shay, um, too early for Shakespeare jokes, I guess. All right, we'll just uh, file that one away. <laughs> we are current. We are current. Hey, uh, I, I think it's going to be the purple jersey. That just kind of makes sense. Uh, the black is also an option, but seeing as they released, you know, their their uh, the teal and the white previously, and they're keeping it a little more uh, low key with this release. Um, I, I'm going to go with the purple, and, and they'll continue that trend. And you know, I think the last one that elusive fifth jersey that you mentioned um, would be the spot for the, the retro throwback that most people are excited about. But yeah, I think the purple one is uh, for today. Yeah, I mean, listen, I know it's a long shot, but I'm still hoping for Zoot Suit. Still hoping that it could be that. Just something wild. Mm-hmm. Something crazy. Yeah. All right, tried the Zoot well, Suit joke we'll too. That done. didn't work out. Well, all right, well, we're, we're going to keep trying. We're going to keep trying. Hornets will once again be unveiling the uniform at noon today on the Charlotte Hornets app, so download that and check it out at noon. All right, next up on our September player preview series is the rookie Malik Monk. Here are the basics. He was the 11th pick in last June's draft out of Kentucky. Spent one year under Coach Calipari, but it was quite a year. The 6'3 guard averaged 19.8 points per game on 45% shooting and 39.7% from three. That was good enough to earn him SEC Player of the Year honors, plus he got second team All-American and was a Wooden Award finalist. David, we'll start with you. What do the Hornets have in Malik Monk? 
Well, they got one of, if not the best shooters in that draft. I think that was his tag, you know, for so long. And then I think Luke Kennard may have overtaken him a little bit, especially this summer because he's been off the scene. I mean, I think that's the biggest thing. Hornets fans are probably just frustrated about not being able to see him in summer league and get some of that summer league buzz that some of the other players got. But they got what they really needed. I mean, when he fell to them, they got a shot maker and a guy that wants to take the shot and is over, you know, overflowing with confidence. I mean, Monk is a guy that likes the big stage and proved it in college. Um, you know, had uh, really big games in big spots, had that massive game in Las Vegas against North Carolina. Um, and, you know, is a guy that wants to score the ball. And the one thing we did see a lot from him in, uh, in college at Kentucky was, was, the, was uh, distributing, handling the ball and creating for other people. So we'll have to see if he can bring that to the NBA. But I think the main thing is, you know, another shot maker to take some of the uh, weight off of Kemba and Nick uh, and to replace some of the shots that, you know, Marco Bellinelli uh, made last year. Yeah, good point. Marco Bellinelli, of course, going to Atlanta in the trade that brought Dwight Howard to Charlotte this season. Um, Nick, Malik Monk fell to the Hornets at 11, uh, was projected to go top 10. Should Hornets fans be worried about a, a player that for so long looked to be a surefire top 10 pick slipping to the 11th spot? Not for the, like, the act that he actually slipped, right? I mean, I think there are some concerns that we'll probably talk about really just the, his absence this summer, but um, probably the biggest question mark about his adaptability at the next level is really his height. Um, 6'3 is not the ideal, um, you know, height for a shooting guard. Um, so there's, you know, that's why we're hearing all the talk about him trying to play some point guard or will he be able to do that? Um, beyond that, I mean, you can kind of look at each pick prior to the Hornets and kind of understand to an extent why the, why this, you know, each team didn't pick Monk. I mean, you know, I, I think Chicago would have been a great landing spot for him. I think they could have used the shooting. Um, New York may have been an option. Right, exactly. New York wanted to, you know, but they went with a point guard. Um, so I think when those two teams passed, you know, those are probably the most likely landing spots, but um, I think most of all his height was just a, just, if there is a question mark, you know, it, it, it's his height. You know, I'm wondering if it's, if it's okay to be skeptical of Malik Monk, because so many people around the organization and fans are so excited about Malik Monk's addition. I mean, it was overwhelmingly accepted as a positive uh, draft pick for a team that's not really known for great fan reception uh, to draft picks. And, and I don't, I don't even think that I'm skeptical of Monk, uh, be, but more skeptical that a Hornets rookie could have a major impact because of basically because of past experiences that have nothing to do uh, with Malik Monk. And it really has nothing to do with Steve Clifford either. I think that Clifford gets kind of an unfair rap about playing rookies. I mean, he played Zeller and Kaminsky in major bench roles their rookie years. He doesn't start rookies necessarily, and I think that's maybe where it comes from. He actually talked about his philosophy on rookies earlier uh, in this offseason. Let's take a listen to that. The one thing that this is just from doing this for a long time is uh, if you want to have the right culture, then guys have to earn their they have to earn their playing time. 
So he just, I mean, he he just wants guys to earn it, whether that be in training camp or throughout the season. And Clifford has been blessed with a lot of, you know, really smart veteran talent uh, that it's easy to see why he would play those guys over rookies uh, like Frank Kaminsky's year and and Cody Zeller as well. And all that to say, I feel like I'm in a wait and see mode on Malik Monk because of past experiences, because of his particular role. Is that okay? I mean, or 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 am I just being too careful here? You're a Hornets fan, Doug. I mean, yeah, you you've been watching <laughs> the team, and for 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 all those reasons you listed, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. We just have not seen it, especially with this new, uh, you know, since the Hornets' return. And I think some of the concerns with Monk are valid, but like Nick said, I think it mostly has to do with his height. You know, being six three out there on the perimeter, that's going to be tough for him at times. If you look at his three point shooting in college. You know, you can find some things to kind of pick some nits, if you will, and some concerning things like uh, at home, shot 45% from three. On the road, only 27% from three. Mm. Um, and in the in the month of March, last eight games, um, only shot 29% from three. Now, you could dial that up to, you know, being tired at the end of the season, uh, just being a young guy, a freshman. Uh, those are obviously the biggest games of the year. And in his last game of the year against North Carolina, he struggled the entire game. But what you loved about that was he hit two of the toughest shots from three to, I think, I believe, put Kentucky up one or tie it. Um, I should definitely know that because I've replayed the end of that game like every morning for the last <laughs> few months. But, um, um, but, but he hit those with two guys just draped all over him. And that is what the Hornets got. I mean, that is what they got. A, a, a guy that wants to take that big shot again. So I'm not overly concerned with that. It's so hard to scout these guys, especially these guys from Kentucky sometimes, because as we've talked about, they often don't show everything they can do. I mean, you know, Carl Anthony Towns didn't show everything he did. All of these guards, these wing players that have come out of Kentucky seem to show an extra little something when they get into the pros. So I think that's another thing you have to kind of stick in your back pocket if you're a Hornets fan saying, hey, you know, a lot of times they don't even ask them to do everything they can do at Kentucky. So there's a lot to be excited about. And and the last thing, you mentioned the, some of the concerns with him dropping. I mean, the other guys around him and the guys that the Hornets were looking at before, they all had concerns too, right? So it's like, Kennard, is he quick enough to guard? Yeah. Is he quick enough to create? Donovan Mitchell, is what is he? You know, is he going to be able to score enough to be a guy in the NBA? So I think there was a lot of questions around there. And what they did was they picked the, the, the best shooter and, and the guy with the highest upside. And we haven't talked about his athletic ability yet either. He is a freakish athlete. I don't think Marvin is going to be the best dunker on the team this year. So I think they really got a guy that can bring some stuff that they didn't have last year. Uh, Nick, David makes a great point. Like they, I think part of the reason maybe fans got excited about this pick is because for the first time in, in what, what seems like a very long time, this, this organization picked a player that like, you know exactly what he is and what he isn't. Like You know the strengths, you know the limitations, but more importantly, you know kind of what role he could fit early on as just a guy who's, who's a, a microwave off the bench who can come in and knock down three-point shots. He has that confidence. What role do you see him playing early in the season? And best-case scenario... What role is Malik Monk playing if this team uh, gets to the playoffs and, and, and is playing for something at the end? I think early on his role will be 
just strictly to shoot. I mean, they're not, I don't think they'll ask him to do a whole lot beyond that. The question, you know, all the talk about him playing point guard, I just don't see it happening um, early in the season unless the situation is so bad with, you know, Michael Carter Williams still hurt. Maybe Julian Stone isn't adapting, but I don't think they'll ask him to do that. Um, that's not the way to ease a rookie into the NBA. Um, that's not the, the way to make him succeed. Um, so they're going to say, you, what you do best is shoot, and we're going to give you opportunities to do that. Um, as the season goes along, if things are going well, um, maybe allow him to um, create a little bit more on his own, maybe get him more shots, um, look to him as sort of the go-to guy off the perimeter. Um, maybe they start to experiment a little bit more with Kemba Walker. Um, but I think best-case scenario, he's your sixth man off the bench um, that's able to just get you, you know, a, a number of buckets every night, scores a double digits off the bench. Um, but even that, I mean, again, that's best case scenario. So, you know, what, we, what we'll probably see is something a little bit, you know, more towards the mean. Yeah, I think maybe best case scenario could be that he is healthy at the end of the season. He dealt with an ankle injury that he sustained during draft workouts, and that's affected his conditioning. Although we did get some uh, good visuals from the Hornets organization. They put out a tweet with uh, Monk uh, shooting it up in the practice facility, knocking down threes. That stroke, nothing wrong with that. The ankle has nothing to do with that. It looked beautiful as ever. Um, But David, you mentioned, you know, when you look at his – uh, second half of his first year in college, those stats, they started to to drop a little bit, and you wonder maybe if he's going to be susceptible to that rookie wall that, that we all talk about. You know, mm-hmm. guys adjusting from playing 30-plus games uh, to playing 82, uh, but he hit big shots in big games. So, so I think best-case scenario, yeah. maybe he's healthy and he's having some kind of impact, you know, game to game. Yeah, yeah. Worst case scenario is absolutely this injury keeps on lingering. He can never get going, you know, and he misses time throughout the whole season. So I think that's the worst case scenario for Hornets fans and for league from a league month. But yeah, you're right. I mean, he was able still to hit big shots. You know, it's interesting. His I don't want to call it a tail off, you know, because he had such a strong freshman year and um, for whatever reason faded a little bit uh, as far as averages go. Right, like he was still affecting the game. Uh, somewhat, especially in that North Carolina game. But, like, his, his backcourt mate, Darren Fox, kind of stepped it up towards the end of the game or towards the end of that season. So I, I wonder if there's some correlation in there, just, um, you know, him kind of taking over m- more of that team and Fox not taking a backseat, but, but but not becoming – not everything running through him as it may have uh, to start the season. But I think the injury is the biggest thing. And, I mean, that – honestly, I mean, when you're researching Malik Monk, that's what's coming up nowadays. And that's kind of terrifying. And Clifford talked about that, you know, in this press conference last week. That's got to be the uh, the thing that everyone is just really concerned about. Because if he can't even go through some of these workouts, and and they even said these are not strenuous strenuous workouts. I mean, the nightmare scenario right now is these are the same words he used about um, about uh, oh my gosh, who was it that we just traded? Doug, help me out, Miles Plumley. No. <laughs> You blocked that out too, I think. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not to say that's the same thing, but I was like, oh my gosh, is he setting the table for you know him already being injured and hurt and, and can't, uh, can't go through some of these well, uh, games? Well, I mean, listen, we, we, we know that Clifford is a master expectation setter. 
You know, I, I think <laughs> yeah. he can. I think he is the kind of guy that can sort of sense hype and and tries his best. And no one, no one can really contain hype once it gets going. Once that hype train starts on the tracks, but I think. Uh, he he likes to sort of set expectations for for everyone on the team. You know, Nick, it's interesting that in a season that the Hornets acquired through trade Dwight Howard, a guy that's a, a you know a Hall of Fame guy, a guy who's been to multiple All Star games, but you know Malik Monk, all eyes are going to be on him. It seems like. Yeah, and it's funny that you know after Cliff. Um had those like almost doom and gloom comments like the ankle was the injury was significant like the timing of that video i think it was yesterday right where they posted him shooting like it's like hey like look he's 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 healthy guys like he's out there shooting you know like, totally. like you know <laughs> um but but no but like this is this is typical cliff like you said like we're like let's pipe this down a little bit but no the but i think the hype is we've kind of already alluded to this is you know, we know, okay, you mentioned how, like, we kind of, we know what his role could be this year, but I mm-hmm. think beyond that, we know, like, this guy has an, has a potential another level that other players that we've drafted previously don't necessarily have. And he's great. Saying, he's great at something. I, I think that's, that's one right. of the big things for me. Like, we know for sure he is going to be a great shooter. Now, to be a great player there are a couple of things that have to fall into place. But that was, I think that was true of a guy like Steph Curry, too. I mean, everyone right. knew that he was a great shooter coming out, but no one knew that he was going to turn into what he's going to, that, that he ultimately turned into. Right. And, and that's like such a, um, like when, when you read things about what it, like the, how do you create a superstar, right? Like one of the things you want is they have that one skill that they're already great at. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think there's that, it's just, there's this, this, sense of like this guy could be more than just a good role player in the NBA not to take anything away from guys that they've drafted in the you know in recent years but we kind of knew what their ceiling was you know a little bit not long after they drafted him even when we drafted him so with Monk it's like hey there's there's another level here and if he can develop those other skills you know height aside he has big game potential all right, for more on Malik Monk, you want to visit at thehive.com. They're going to have their player preview of Monk coming up soon as well. Want to take a quick second to tell you about something we've started here on Locked On Hornets. It's a way to get access to more Hornets content. Hey, speaking of video of, of Monk shooting, we're going to have plenty of video from practices, from training camp, and, and that's all going to go up on Patreon first. Um, so it's a way to support the show. It's a way to get more Hornets content, and it's only a buck a month. Go to patreon.com slash LOH. There's a link in the description of this episode. You can get exclusive interviews and access to content before anyone else. Plus, uh, for $3 a month, you can, or excuse me, for $5 a month, you can get uh, double entries into our giveaways, ticket giveaways. So um, that's going to help you out as well. Check it out, patreon.com slash LOH, and uh, help support this independent local sports journalism. We are right here in Charlotte covering the team like no one else. So I was on Twitter a hey, few... Doug. Yeah, David, what's going on? Sorry, I, I, I just want to ask you guys a question, uh, going back to Malik Monk for Please. a second. If, you know, we've, we've talked a lot about he just needs to come out and make shots. I think one of the, the, the knock on him last year was when he wasn't making shots. You know, he didn't really affect the game. Can you see a scenario, if he struggles early, he's not making shots, and just is contributing nowhere else, I mean, there's no way Clifford is going to keep him on the floor, right? I mean, that's got to be another nightmare scenario for folks. 
I don't know. I don't. Okay, go go ahead, Nick. I I I I'm, we might disagree on here on this one. Yeah, because I mean, this is like this is kind of an important year for for the team, right? If if someone yeah. isn't performing, they're going to find someone who will. And I mean, you know, I don't know what what we can. Ex- I don't want to you know hype the expectations for Dwayne Bacon, but you know, if if Monk isn't playing well, you know, Cliff's not going to say, well, let's just let let's let him work through the kinks here, like. He didn't do that with Noah Vonley. He didn't say like let's sit, let's let him go out there and just work through this. No, we're tr- they're trying to make the playoffs. So yeah, they're gonna find they're gonna find another player to uh, you know to fill that role. Well, he didn't do that with Noah Vonley, but I think that it became clear as early as training camp that there were going to be serious basketball IQ issues with with Noah Vonley, and I don't think that's what we're talking. We're talking about him missing shots and. I think he's been in the past. Clifford has been patient with players who, who give effort on both ends, who play the right way, who play smart, but are not contributing offensively in the way that you would expect them to by you know knocking down shots or missing layups or that kind of thing. As long as they play smart and play hard, he seems to be patient with guys. I, I think he was patient with Frank Kaminsky uh, his uh, fr- his freshman season as well. So. Yeah, I mean, as long as Malik Monk doesn't come into training camp and and all of a sudden it's like, oh God, this, this guy doesn't know how to play the game. I don't think that's good. You know, just based on his one no. year in Kentucky, like this guy's one of one of the smart and and Clifford's already said that. Just watching the tape, it's clear he's a smart basketball player. So yeah, I know I think Clifford's going to be patient uh, with Monk regardless of the initial outcome of his of his jump shot. Okay. Great question yeah. though. D. Love that question. Yeah. Hey, Mitch, uh, uh, yeah. by the way, questions, if you have them, because uh, we're, we're getting ready to get this season popped off and training camp's coming up just around the corner. If you have questions, tweet them, t- tweet it to us at Locked on Hornets or email them to us, buzz buzz at Locked on Hornets, because we want to answer them on the show. Okay, so I was on Twitter a few days ago and saw that the Hornets community outreach group Swarm to Serve was out on social media for the first time and doing a ton of giveaways, so I had to figure out what was going on there. I talked to Betsy Mack, who is the Director of Corporate Responsibility and the Charlotte Hornets Foundation, about what the Hornets have planned for the city of Charlotte this season. Take a listen. We have four main pillars that we focus on. So it's education, hunger, military, and wellness. And all of our activations and initiatives all fall within those four pillars. Um, And you know, it entails everything from our day of service where we packed 5,000 backpacks to go out to um, students in need to our book bus, which we just unveiled last week as our bearings bus book bus that we're very excited about. Um, That goes out to about 60,000 students getting them excited about reading and everything that that entails around the education piece. We also honor military and provide a veteran stipend every year. Um, And then also we um, do a lot within our hunger pillar as well. We do a food drive. Last year we donated over 15,000 pounds of food. Wow. Um, And that is really just touching on the service of a lot of the initiatives that were, that were, um, working with. Betsy, I'm not sure I've ever eaten 15,000 pounds of food in my lifetime. That sounds like a, a tremendous <laughs> amount. And I know the Swarm to Serve initiative is out in the community. They're out there in a substantial way, taking on projects large and small. Take us through some of the history of Swarm to Serve and, and why it's been a priority in the Hornets organization. You know, overall, the Swarm to Serve initiative came about a 
about 10 years ago was when we really started focusing on, um, you know, reinvesting in the community. And that was a really large priority that um, ownership really took part in. So we started a couple initiatives and then from there it just really grew. Our team is really involved and um, quite passionate about a lot of the projects that we fulfill. And, um, you know, to be honest, they came to us after everything that happened last October with, um, you know, the riots and everything that Charlotte saw and our players put together what we call now the Player Scholarship Fund. So that was completely their idea, um, but then we manage it out of the Storm to Serve initiative and um, the departments here in corporate social responsibility. But what that initiative was is we sent two students to school, four years of uh, full-ride scholarship. But my favorite part about it is we also provide a mentorship opportunity. The players have taken it upon themselves to get involved, and then ownership, including owner uh, Michael Jordan, was uh, front and center when you uh, when you unveiled the Latta Park renovations as part of your uh, legacy project. Oh, is that unique amongst the, the, the NBA organizations for there to be such a, a sort of an entire organization level of support for what you guys are doing? Um, I mean, yeah, I like to, to think it absolutely is because, you know, it's not something that it's just, you know, a message that's relayed down to the department, but it's really a full top-down approach where our ownership and our executive team is really involved and passionate about giving back and they want to be there and they want to be a part of it and they want to know what projects, not only that we're doing, but the projects that the Charlotte community um, and the Carolinas need. I was there for the Ladder Ladder Park uh, court reveal and everyone was so excited about what was going on. What's next in that project? Because I know that legacy project, that's not done yet, right? No, absolutely. So I'm really glad you asked about the Legacy Project. We actually are unveiling our second park on October 6th, and that will be at Tuckasegee Park in West Charlotte. We're partnering with Lowe's this year. Um, They've been really a great partner of ours, and we looked at um, some of the different opportunities we had, and this is just such a great way to partner together. So we've been really involved in the Tuckasegee community looking at what assets they really utilize there, what the best, um, you know, fit will be. So we're refurbishing the park in in its entirety, and we will be um, unveiling that on October 6th with full team and uh, our leadership support. So we are very excited about that. I just saw that Swarm to Serve now has a social presence at Hornets Give on Twitter, and you're doing some giveaways. Talk to us about that. And uh, I also hear there may be somebody taking over the account soon. Yes, we do um, have a Hornets account. So thank you for asking. It encompasses all the Swarm to Serve initiatives. So anytime we're out in the community, as we talked about with our players' involvement, we were really lucky to have um, Cody Zeller take over the account. He had such a great time with it. Um, you know, he even had some witty responses when people were asking him about um, questions from his day-to-day life to on the court to the community. Um, so, again, really lucky and grateful to have the support of the players there. But that got a lot of traction. So, I believe this is now the third week, the second week, um, actually, that we've been up running and we um, have had a great launch so far with Cody being involved. We did a full week of giveaways last week, but that's not to say we're not going to be doing more. Um, 
tickets are selling like crazy right now, which is a great thing, but even better for the account, we'll be able to give away some tickets through our platform as well. So definitely stay tuned there. Cody Zeller always involved in the Haynes uh, sock donation program as well. And uh, I have a small request, Betsy. Uh, I need more of the the sock puppet, the Cody Zeller sock puppet video in my life. Uh, so if there's any, oh my to, gosh, don't we all? <laughs> it was uh, no the first one with Joshua McRoberts. I still we still play the drop uh, of of Cody. <laughs> doing the voice. It's amazing. So if that can happen again this season, we would, uh, we would really appreciate it. <laughs> I will make sure to put in a special request and see what I can do. <laughs> All right. Um, Betsy, final question for, for those out there listening, why, why is it important to you and why is it important to the organization uh, to be out in the community in the, in the way that you, that you are? Yeah. You know, I would say personally for me, it's important. Um, nonprofit was my background, um, you know, in a previous life. And I just have really been able to see and witness firsthand what giving back can do to not only an individual family, but a community um, and also a city at large. So, you know, I've always been very passionate and a large advocate for giving back and getting involved. And then, you know, the organization overall, I think the culture is the same there. You know, our leadership is very, um, very adamant about being involved in staying um, active in the community and making it a better place to work, live, and play. So, like I said, top-down approach, and we followed suit, and culture is amazing, and I'm just glad to be a part of it. Betsy Mack, she is the Director of Corporate Responsibility and the Charlotte Hornets Foundation. The initiative is called Swarm to Serve. You can follow them on Twitter at Hornets Give. Thanks so much, Betsy, for joining us here on Locked on Hornets. Nick, if this show has any pull at all, I'm going to get another Cody Zeller sock puppet video. Oh, that sounds amazing. It does. It was it was <laughs> the first. I don't think they've beaten the first one yet. I, if, if it happens, I will do everything in my power to go behind the scenes as a special for Locked On Hornets for the newest Cody Zeller sock puppet video. So we're, we're going to push this, Nick. Oh, yeah. Uh, but in all seriousness, so we're kind of, we're, we're wrapping up the off season. Once we get into the grind of the season, it's, it's easy to sort of forget about these kinds of things and, and what's going on behind the scenes of, of the community action that they're taking. But I think in all, in, in all sincerity, whether you're in Charlotte or not having a team that really is dedicated to helping the community in a substantial way, in a variety of ways that isn't just doing kind of a couple of token donation drives or that kind of thing. Even those are, even though those are important, I think the breadth of what the Hornets, the Charlotte Hornets foundation does is, is pretty tremendous and it makes it more fulfilling, honestly, to cheer for this team, to spend money on this team when you know that they are, especially after all that Charlotte went through with the NBA to have the team come back and really say, okay, we're committed to this community. We're, we're rebuilding parks with our colors. You know, I mean, I, to me, it gives me a sense of like, okay, after all the turmoil, like they're here to stay. You know, uh, uh, Jordan is committed to the city. The NBA, Adam Silver came out to that Latta Park dedication. The NBA is committed to Charlotte. It's a, it's a good sign, I think, for fans. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is, it's, it's got to, I mean, for, um, you know, for those, for those who experienced like the breakup of the, of the last, it was devastating. Know, yeah. Right. I mean, it, that, that hurts for any fan to see any organization. I mean, and this could be you know big or small. So to see, you know, this, this team back to see them, um, 
having such commitment and giving back in so many different ways um, and trying to like be an active member of the community is that that's you know, that, that's exactly what you want to see. All right. Thanks again to Betsy Mack, our guest. She is the director of corporate responsibility for the uh, Charlotte Hornets Foundation. That's all the time we have on this edition of Locked on Hornets. Thanks so much for listening and supporting us. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. Subscribe to us on Overcast, iTunes, wherever you get your podcast. All you have to do is search Locked on Hornets and help us out. Tell a friend. We're, we're about to get this coverage kicked off in the right way, and we want to make sure as many Hornets fans as possible know about this. So whether you're telling someone in person, giving them a text, maybe retweeting our tweets, any help will be appreciated. And we really, really, really promise we want your questions about anything. Malik Monk, Kimba Walker, Dwight Howard, Steve Clifford, the team in general, send them to us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets or by email buzzbuzz at LockedOnHornets.com. We're back again tomorrow with another player preview for the entire crew here at Locked On Hornets. I'm Doug saying go Hornets, go America. Let's swarm Charlotte. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa auto parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17